listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Podcasting to you from central Oklahoma, where I didn't, but could have, just got done ice skating on my front lawn. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm surprised Tim didn't work Thunder Sleet into his intro. I'm Andrew Hoffman. (laughs) So, the long history of this show is you you and me pining over uh is that the right word over the northwest weather back no it's not the right word (laughs) fair enough uh well anyway i I think you were thinking of opining opining exactly yes opining about the northwest weather um you know forget this hellscape beijing fake snow olympics bring the olympics to oklahoma on you know Four days a winter. Only on Wednesdays, though. Wednesdays yeah. is storm days. So, <laughs> so like, like Monday, it's always 70 degrees. <laughs> Tuesday is a transition day, and Wednesday, it's like one degree wind chill. So, <laughs> this is the pattern. It's, uh, it's been right two, three weeks in a row. So Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Oh, did you see that? The, the Beijing shots? The, I, the high jump with the, the the nuclear like cooling towers in the background and they they like shoddily painted a logo under the nuclear cooling tower it's like <laughs> what and it's like snow in the middle of a brown hellscape it just looked I, terrible I, I saw the picture or I saw some social media posts but I I honestly didn't watch any of the of oh, the I, Olympics I, I, this year Andrew I didn't watch any of the Olympics either, buddy. But I just kept hearing people talk about this, so I had to go seek this shot. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That is, no, I did see that. That is that is something. Yeah. No, I tuned in for all of the Olympics, and I was really happy about Michael Phelps winning all the... Oh, oh sorry. Wrong Olympics. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of it. Did Michael Phelps win at the last Olympics? I don't even know. Who knows, man? Who cares? Yeah. It's like... It's- 
it's become uh it's like a it's like the emperor has no clothes it's a naked uh uh what is it globalist display of corporate dis- display there yeah i i thought it was interesting it cost 200 million dollars to be an advertiser and but if you were to back out they'll never let you advertise again oh, for the wow. olympics so you were so. I, I feel like i've heard about people making deals like that it was but it was like you know in the godfather part one <laughs> the godfather part two yeah. like there were some deals made like that but it, i didn't know that that was like a an advertising way too well, let's talk about uh some things less corrupt than the olympics like war in ukraine <laughs> war in ukraine well did you hear the most recent no agenda uh yes i did they played the vicky newland uh phone call the the famous f the eu phone mm-hmm. call in its entirety pretty illuminating considering what we're dealing with these days yeah just talking about uh which which puppet to select there yeah yeah (laughs) but uh no actually you know i do have some ukraine stuff but since it's already february 23rd and we're already a day removed from february 22nd we'd better we'd better play the uh Tuesday clip and this comes from a it's <clears throat> was a video critical of the whole thing but the these are like mainstream news clips talking about the 2-22-2022 day and listening to this I, well it, it's only a minute long go ahead and play it and, and just tell me your, your gut reaction there I don't have I don't have any what what is this called the Tuesday deal oh ignore today. It's a new kind of Super Tuesday, and I mean the day of all twos. That also happens to fall on a Tuesday. So today is a palindrome date, February 22-22. That means that it can be read the same backward and forward. Last year, we actually saw, coincidentally, 22 palindrome dates, including January 20th, which became the first inauguration day to become a palindrome date. And astrologers are saying that this is the first time that that the U.S. will experience its first Pluto return. Now, the dwarf planet is associated with transformation and power, and this is the first time it will come back to the position that it was in on July 4th, 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was signed and ratified. Now, as a result of that, we are expecting radical power shifts. That's what's predicted. And as we move on, we'll take a look here. This is also an angel number. According to numerologists, they're saying the number two is a special number that marks connections. Now, not so shockingly. Aye, aye, aye. Are you just like, what? what is going on here? What, yeah. This is news now? Like uh, astrologers say, uh, this is a... Uh, Whatever magic number thing. Okay, I've got to read. My apologies, sir. But the the Pluto thing, 
First of all, you know, I thought it wasn't a planet, but apparently it's a planet again when it's convenient for an astrology narrative. In and out, in and out of planetary. Which, you know, the astrologers are saying this is the, you know, this Pluto's in the same place it was in 1776 when America was founded. Are they saying, like, this is the end date? Is that what the, you know, what the power shift deal is? I don't know. I just thought it was weird and uh, a bit disturbing that that's you know that's just the news that's happy news material there you know i guess they're not really in on it andrew it's not a big deal like you know i can catch you up or whatever but you might not understand but you know nibiru like planet x is (laughs) it's coming it's close right now yeah it's gonna it's gonna change the uh uh, red moon blood moon blood moon rising and uh has to do with the biblical book of revelation and uh oh yeah no i don't know i have no idea but it, yeah. it's 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 weird mainstream well, astrology is yeah just you know I, the whole the whole solar system is pretty uh pretty suspect at this point in, in my book so so anytime they start throwing pluto and and magic numbers around it's yeah i don't i'm, I'm not buying it put Oof, it that way not buying it well i i did want to say something i had a thought about the astrology and kind of the the magic numbers this week and that is um I think there is something to it. I think there's something to astrology. I think there is something to uh, numerology and those things. But in the Bible, we were warned not to mess with it. So <laughs> I'm just trying not to mess with it. I know that uh, it's a very real thing to the powers that shouldn't be. The elite, the occult elite, the 33rd degree Masons, etc. The... Uh, what else? Who else? Who else is in there? What's uh, Kabbalah? Yeah, well, you know, All if these- you... I mean, 9-11, people say, like, oh, the Simpsons predicted 9-11, this or that. It's like, well, no, the Freema- the Simpsons guy is a huge Freemason. Huge. And so he has all the same, like, you know, 9-11 numerology in his stuff, along with all the other Freemasonic stuff mm-hmm. that they used, you know, for 9-11, but... It doesn't mean he was predicting 9-11. It just means Freemasons were involved in, in 9-11. But. Absolutely. And it, it, you actually mentioned in a private text this week uh, that, hey, you know, Georgia's invader on 8-8-08. Now is what's going to happen in Ukraine, 2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. Yeah. So, which I thought was a good point. And you, like you said, fool's errand to try to predict the dates. But one thing we've learned doing this podcast and looking at this stuff, even though we as Christians would completely steer away from numerology and or uh, astrology, we're not saying that we don't, uh, I guess, how do I say this? I'm not saying I don't believe in it. Like I do believe that, that there's something to it. I've just been warned not to mess with it. And I know that it's super important to a lot of really horrible people. (laughs) So, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you, the Ukraine, or Ukraine, the deal in Ukraine, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. Mm-hmm. We had American-backed uh, Ukrainian troops 
going through and killing a bunch of people in like the areas that were loyal to Russia and uh, including like at the school and all that. And then, so Putin says, I recognize these two areas as independent countries and I'm sending in peacekeeping troops. And so this, of course, this is, oh, he's invading. He's probably going to keep on going. Uh, you know, it, this is how, <laughs> you know, you backdate it to when did World War Three start? Oh, well, the, you know, this seemingly small deal in the eastern edge of, of Ukraine is was ended up snowballing into World War Three. How did that happen? You know, I don't know. It's hopefully not. Hopefully uh, cooler heads prevail, but. It's that certainly a certainly a mess, and certainly they seem to be uh, trying to start a war to you know distract from it, all the other failures. But Tim, I think you're muted. My apologies. Uh, let's not forget just a few shows ago. We played and joked around about our good friend Klaus Schwab penetrating the <laughs> cabinets of uh, different uh, places around the country or around the world. And what do you know, Klaus? The first one of the first names he mentions in there is uh, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin as yeah. being a young global leader. So, so are you thinking he's in on it or? Or that he, you know, went loyal to Russia and that's why they hate him so much? Or what do you think? Ah, well, you walked right into my trap, Andrew. Ha <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> uh, let me see here so I can pull this up. So I have an article here. I'll just read some of the... Uh, I'll, read, I'll read it. Let's, 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 I brought an article to the show. Let's check it out. And it's uh, from May 7th, 2020. And is it? It's titled "Is Russia Out of Lockstep?" And this is from newbelart.com uh, by Craig Stone. <clears throat> this is a transcript of the first five minutes of an interview conducted with Vladimir Kachkov on March 25th, 2020. The coronavirus situ- coronavirus situation must be examined from a different perspective, not from the public health perspective. Wait, is it 2010 or 2020? 2020. Did I say 2010? Okay. Yes, you did. My apologies. Uh, the coronavirus phenomenon, which was falsely deemed a pandemic, needs to be examined from the perspective of global powers, religious, political, financial, economic, and national. The coronavirus phenomenon, the so-called pandemic, and let me tell you, there is no pandemic. It's a lie. Needs to be considered as a global... I would play this clip, by the way, but it's in Russian. Uh, needs to be considered as a global strategic special operation. This is exactly how you need to think of this sort of thing. These are command and control exercises by the world's behind-the-scenes power to control humanity. This is the goal of the coronavirus. March 25th, 2020. (laughs) Uh, I'll repeat once again. We have little faith in God and even less so in the existence of Satan, the enemy of the human race. So the aim of the the behind-the-scenes Zionist and financial powers... um, is I'm just going to read it for what it is. We can talk about it after. Is to reduce the world's global so, population. Sorry, who who is this? This speaking? is Vladimir 
Kvachkov. He is a military intelligence off Russian uh, colonel and military intelligence officer known for being arrested and charged with the assassination of an of businessman Atoli Chubius in 2005, for which he was jailed for three years and acquitted in 2008. Kuchkov did not admit to his this or deny his role in the study of blah. He's a uh, former intelligence for Russia. Okay. My apologies. <clears throat> I'll try to skip ahead. This is why the coronavirus and the financial crisis have emerged simultaneously. They're inextricably tied to one another which I think we've kind of identified and Adam Curry has also identified from No Agenda. The aim is to stop people's movement around the world and curtail political freedoms. In political terms, it would be practically impossible to do all that. There are differences in constitutions and whether they're being implemented or not, that is a different question. However, there are some political rights that people are accustomed to and they believe they, they're theirs to have forever. The first attempt to take away those rights from people happened on September 11, 2001. Not many seem to remember that. After the so-called attack on the WTC seven, or excuse me, WTC towers, Pentagon and White House in the USA, the global war on terrorism was declared. Let's remember, in order to understand what coronavirus is now, we must analyze that first attempt, the declaration of war on humanity that was disguised as the war on terrorism. That was 19 years ago. Behind the scenes, the world powers created the events of September 11, 2001, and now they need an excuse for greater control to take over humanity. That's how they came up with the coronavirus. Basically, to put it this way, it's not a pandemic. It's not an epidemic. Even now, I literally looked at the data in the morning. 300 people in the world die from it daily. You can imagine what kind of scale this is. Of course, I'm sorry about each person who dies, but 300 people across 7.5 billion people is basically nothing. These command and control exercises of the behind-the-scenes world powers have an aim of limiting different political rights and making people afraid. The fools are already grabbing food in shops here. Millet, buckwheat, etc. Even toilet paper. Oh my gosh. Why? The goal is to scare people. Once again, they are command and control exercises carried out by behind-the-scenes uh, actors in the financial liberal world powers with the aim of limiting the political rights that people are accustomed to having, especially in Western Europe. That's their second goal. Their first is to reduce the global population. That's their satanic goal. The second political goal of the behind-the-scenes world powers is to seize power, and the third is related to finance powers and powers of the economy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Russian's hidden pass. The Khazarian Mafia. 800 AD. The leaders in surrounding nations, especially Russia, Russia, have had so many years of complaints by their citizens that as a group they deliver an ultimatum to the Khazarian king. They send a communique to the Khazarian king that he must choose one of the three Abrahamic religions for his people and make it official state religion and require all Khazarians citizens to practice it and socialize all Khazarian children to practice that faith. The king was given a choice between Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. The king chose Judaism. Wait. The Khazarians demanded that the king force them to like choose a surrounding nations have had so many they sent a communique to the Khazarian king. Uh, must have been the, the other nations. So the other nations yeah. told them to, yep. to pick one. About 1200 AD, the Russians led a group of nations around Khazaria and invaded it in order to stop the Khazarian crimes against their people, which included kidnapping of young children and infants for their blood sacrifice ceremonies to, ball, to bail. The Khazarian king and his inner court and criminals and murderers came to be known as the Khazarian Mafia by neighboring countries. 
Russia has for over 4,000... So we're done with that part of the uh, interview. Russia has for about 4,000 years stood as a bastion against the Khazarian Mafia. This continues to this day, as you can be seen in the words of Vladimir Keshkov and Valentin Katsanov in their strat- strategies which Vladimir Putin has adopted since he first came to power. The global transhumanist elite are the latter-day front for the same enemy that ended JFK's life when he threatened to s- expose them. The infamous Daigle 2025 <laughs> forecast carried a population change prediction only of negative or, or a loss of a half a percent of people from Russia. Go ahead. This is just baloney. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was mildly interesting. It is, uh, I think it's trying to pit people against Judaism, possibly. <laughs> but, um,. I think when it comes to this area of the world, there is a lot of stuff that we don't understand. Like a whole bunch of history, all the way back to, you know, 800 AD, 1200 AD. And it's not as simple as Putin wants to expand his empire. You know what I mean? No, I I agree. Uh, I think the it doesn't go that far back, but uh, you want to play the Rahim Kassam clip on Ukraine? Sure. Biggest problem with this conflict right now is you cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. You forced the hand of a hostile foreign power when you told them you wanted to engulf their neighbor that they shared culture and history and trade and politics with. You told them that you wanted to bring that under a foreign banner, NATO and the European Union. You had the 20... If you need to go back and look this up, ladies and gentlemen, my reporting is still out there from then. When I went to Ukraine back then, 2013 and 14, in the Articles of Association that the European Union put together to try and grab Ukraine into the European sphere of influence, if not properly, fully in, in, engulf it into the EU structures. Think about that. The European Court of Human Rights, the European Commission, all of the trading blocks, uh, everything, everything would have immediately cut Ukraine and Russia off from basically anything. They would have different regulatory standards, different migration standards, different monetary standards, different fiscal policy. That's what they were doing in 2013, and they have the audacity to turn around today not but a decade later, and say, oh my God, why are the Russians so upset about this? Are you following? We're being asked to get angry and distracted, by the way, over a situation that they begun a decade ago. Began before that, really. But really, this kind of part of the conflict about a decade ago. And I know, I know, there's no, there's no sort of, there's no pride, I don't feel any sense of pride in going, oh, the EU started it. You know, that doesn't make Vladimir Putin the good guy. There aren't any good guys in this. <laughs> That's my take on it. There aren't any good guys in this. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but I, I th- you know, that's stuff we we talked about, you yeah. know, when on the years we were doing the podcast back then, we talked about. The, Come on, we're getting a bad rap. The, we did a podcast the for Ukraine. a long time. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a bad rap around here. 
So that's it. I I remember talking about it back then. I mean, this is so if you believe the official story, evil mastermind Vladimir Putin, you know, uh, cleverly you know wants to invade other countries that just so happen uh, that we want to suck into NATO. <laughs> and, you know, rather than do it during four years of Donald Trump, who he controlled, absolutely controlled everything he did, he's, he's doing the first part of it. Wait, you're being facetious, right? Did you, do you really think yeah. Putin controlled Trump? No, I'm saying, I'm saying that's the official story. This is the official story. Yeah. Yeah, that he's got his puppet in the White House, but he doesn't do it then. He does it before with Obama and now with Biden. Oh, but with Obama. Oh, with oh, sorry, with Biden. Yeah. You mean Obama? So the, Is Obama running this show? What's going on here? Everybody, <laughs> well, it's o- this, Obama okay. wasn't running the show during Obama, so yeah. I don't really, you know, it's the same people, though. Who's the running? Podestas. The Pod- Podestas. Yeah, Podestas. And, you know, I would say he's a big new, but I don't know if it's him anymore. He's dead. So Is he? I don't think it's him. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, maybe his 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 demonic entity. That Mika. Ru- ru- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> her name is Mika, Tim. That's <laughs> her pronouns are her. <laughs> Le- Legion of demons. That's it. I was pronouns. just trying to look yeah. back at the show, and uh, we did. Like December fourteen or December twenty fourteen, we talked about the flight of MH seventeen down in Ukraine. Remember that whole thing? Mm-hmm. That was bizarre. That had all the all the AIDS researchers on it. Did it really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, Last American Vagabond. Ryan Christian was talking about tying the. The whole new the new HIV thing tied to the vaccines, tying it back to the people that were on that plane. But <clears throat> they were en route to an AIDS conference. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did not know this. Okay. On on one level or another, there there are no coincidences there. I agree. Wow, that's wild. I wonder how CNN's ratings when they covered that for like a year straight compared to their ratings now. My apologies. Is that the same one? Like, is that the same flight? I don't think. Is it? I don't think it's the same flight. This is the downed one that went down like right away. Not the missing one? No, the missing one's <clears throat> over Malaysia. Okay. The missing one was the one CNN spent like a year yes. on, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah, Malaysian Flight 370. That's the one you're thinking of. But they spent all that time on. Yeah. Yeah. Also bizarre. But anyway, moving on. Yes, but, but MH17 was the... I've, def- the- I've derailed us so far with this kind of <laughs> anti-Judaism... 
uh, article baloney that I threw in here. <laughs> yes, and, and the 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 Deagle report should have been the red flag there. I too. know. I saw the Deagle in there, and I was like, "Oh God, he's going to say something." He's say something. I forgot that it was in there. Yeah. I read. I, I've been collecting these show notes for like two weeks because we had a guest last week, so I forgot what I put in here. Yeah, I probably didn't intend to read the whole thing. That was a bad idea. <laughs> My like apologies off. to everybody that had to listen to that. Well, don't don't worry. Well, Andrew. it's kind of some old. We'll edit, kind of, we'll edit this. It's actually post. kind of a flashback in time because there used to be like good fake news alternative <laughs> media stories on the internet, you know, where people would write them in a way to, you know, it was always like some Russian name that you couldn't pronounce and <laughs> defector and this and that. And he'd always have some story like that about how, you know, with, oh, I know that that's fake and I know that that's fake. So. Oh, that's this guy's making sense, you know, to tell you three things that everybody knows and then then a, a bogus reason for it. But that's yeah. Yeah. the Kazarian Jews or whatever yeah. the the conclusion was supposed to be there. Yeah, it's all the Jews, the Kazarian Jews' fault. I don't believe that. It's a, this is a this is a sarcastic podcast. If you've never heard it before, please forgive me. Probably shouldn't have read that. But I, we don't like you said. We don't even have to go back that far. We can look back as far as like. You know, John McCain baking cookies for the Ukrainians. Yeah. Remember the Orange well, Revolution? Well, I mean, the internet no, he, was around. J- John McCain was hanging out, taking taking pictures with literal neo-Nazis. Mm-hmm. And he had the whole filmmaking operation with the, you know, terrorists chopping heads off and all that. And then uh, Victoria Newland was the one handed out cookies. Yeah. In Ukraine, but coincidentally, Victoria Newland back in back She's in play. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got. <clears throat> you got anything else on Ukraine? We're already against the war in Ukraine. How about that? Oh yeah, totally against the <laughs> war in Ukraine. Uh, best. It, here, here's what baffles me. And, and I don't I'm like so. I don't want to say I'm so far advanced. It sounds so arrogant, but I'm so far past this like. Oh, we could end up going to war with Putin. Type of analysis that I don't really even know how to respond to it. It's like, oh, but Putin could be Putin's really bad, and this. And I'm not saying Putin's good. He's not good. Also, because I don't, you know, the America's against him doesn't make him a good guy. He also is a world leader who's been in power for I don't know, roughly 107 years. I mean, how long has he been in power? It's insane. But. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to respond to people. It's like, hey, we made this mess. Like, look at Ukraine. Look, it's not even like ancient history. It's like eight years ago history. Like, you could see. I mean, when was the Orange Revolution? That was one of uh, Soros's color revolutions back yeah. in that day that they snuck in. Well, there. wasn't it the 2013 2014 time period? Uh, oh, I'm an idiot. Orange Revolution was actually from late 2004 to 2005. That's weird. Hmm. But was what, the color different? Uh, Kiev overthrow. Kiev overthrow. Uh, I want to say it was 2015. Remember? Because we actually yes. Here we go. There we go. There we go. U.S. Nazis threatened uh, U.S. backed junta in Kiev throw live grenade at police back in September 1st, 2015. Oh yeah. John McCain, State Department operative Victoria Newland, had established political ties with fascist right wing. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, February and tw- 
They've prepared for a coup d'etat, which took place shortly thereafter in February 2014. Yes, Ukraine being torn apart by Western-backed color mobs on EU jihad. Yeah. So don't, the, don't mute yourself. I'm just rambling at this point, buddy. All that was going on. I, I was, it's just the I had to cough. So. Oh no worries. The. The West. That was all going on, and this was supposed to roll right into Hillary. Right. Yep. The West this has is, their man in place. They put Vitali Klitschko in place. No, that's who they didn't put in place. Ah, yeah. oh, the boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they put in uh, Yatsenyuk. On right. So, and you've got the the clip of Joe Biden talking at the Council on Foreign Relations about how. Uh, you know, we know you're not going to get the billion dollars unless you fire that prosecutor that was investigating the company that Hunter Biden was on the board of. Ah, uh, yeah, that's something to brag about. But you know, it would guarantee that he would never become president. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he has other problems. You know, mainly with Hunter Biden and in. Uh, how do I put this? It's a family-friendly show. Smoking crack? Yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the anyway. My point is, it's hard to talk to people who look at it like, "Oh no, how did this happen?" It's like, bro, they've been they've been ginning this up for a while now. Yeah, and yeah. for some reason, whether Trump was in on it, not in on it, was a uh, 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 presidency that kind of came in the middle, and they used it the best they could for. You know, it. This is just a continuation of you know, Obama's foreign policy. You know, uh, Biden's kind of grifting and uh, Newland's meddling. So, why do you think they came out and talked about uh, false flags? Like Russia is going to stage false flags with crisis actors. They actually said crisis actors, and I by mean, they, I'm referring to the State Department. Well, first they, off, my first thought when they started talking about it was like, you know. I didn't know that they were all such big conspiracy theorists because <laughs> false flags don't actually happen. Those are just uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, it was. This is kind of reminds me of when the lab leak theory went from crazy conspiracy theory to uh, the Redfield guy, the former head of whatever agency, whatever health agency, uh, talking about it on 60 Minutes for no reason. Just like bringing it up oh by the way i'm pretty sure it was made in a lab redfield yeah uh, um i remember going over convincing our team or <coughs> others to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees and i went over right, i guess the 12th 13th time to kiev and uh and i was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee and I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, well, son of a <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. 
a CIA asset. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> and and who stopped the investigation on my son's company? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, like, obvious, you know? I mean, it, I don't know. There's... You can, you can literally watch videos on the internet of Hunter Biden doing disgusting, illegal things. Um, speaking of... Unfortunately, I did. So if you ever have any questions, I'll save you the, uh, the time, and you can just ask me directly. Yeah. So speaking of that, you may not have heard of, of uh, this occurrence in West Hollywood there, Tim. But this clip uh, is from from Alex Stein, and he called into the West Hollywood City Council to talk about his fun time with Hunter Biden. Oh, gosh. Uh. Alex, you, I see you come up. Go ahead, Alex. You will have two minutes. Thank you so much for hearing me. So I want to bring attention to, I believe, is a national issue that happened in West Hollywood. Um, I was invited to go to Milk Studios and go to Hunter Biden's art show. And at the art show, I saw some stuff that I thought was, you know, really uh, unique and weird. I saw a lot of kids. I saw some art that I enjoyed. But I actually ended up meeting Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden ended up befriending me. And that night, we ended up going back to my apartment. And I have to say this. I want this on the record. I saw Hunter Biden smoke crystal methamphetamine and use fentanyl with an Uber Eats driver that delivered us Carl's Jr. And I saw this in my own two eyes, and I saw them do other stuff. I saw them inject things that was not the vaccine. I saw them use a spoon, and Hunter was all about it. He was, oh, I don't care. My dad's a president. 81 million votes, this and that. He was having the time of his life, the bell of the ball. And this needs to be known. This happened in West Hollywood. This should be, you know, federal news. We got Hunter Biden. Uh, he had and the amount of children at his art show was alarming was an alarming amount of children which is cool which is cool hunter biden's cool i'm cool that i'm not going to judge hunter biden i ended up doing some stuff too that i'm not exactly proud of and i believe there are some photos that exist that might be on his new laptop and to be honest i'm worried about ukraine getting the laptop using it as some sort of blackmail and then i'm spread open wide open on the internet in a position that would make a person very embarrassed and let me tell you something. I've had a lot of issues ever since my third vaccination. I've had trouble performing. I've been struck down with impotence. And that's a side effect. They say that that will not go away. And I thought the myocarditis was bad, but now I can't even make love anymore. So the one night that I had, what I saw needs national attention. We need to bring this up to the national media. Tell Tucker Carlson, tell the conservative media, tell the liberal media what Hunter Biden did with that Uber Eats driver and that spicy chicken sandwich was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. Thank you. Please let the world know and Joe Biden know. This needs attention. <laughs> so for people who aren't familiar with them, I mean, it's obviously it's Alex Stein satire. is the professional troll. Yeah, he's a professional troll. And he calls into these city council meetings where they have to give you two minutes or whatever and you know, because they don't know who he is. But uh, he's coming from a place of uh, of anger. This, yeah, you know, of course. His, his, his mom was killed in the hospital, one of the victims of uh, terrible medical care, I think intentionally poor medical care. You know, oh, you've got COVID, so let's stick you on a ventilator and give you remdesivir. And 
so he, you know, he's on the warpath, and this is his way of, of fighting back. And you know, more power to him. But absolutely, absolutely. All right, I do. But have... the, but the, the funny thing is, you know, even though it's a bogus story, <laughs> like nothing yeah. that he accused Hunter Biden of doing, like is is controversial as far as might not be true like no, it's, all it's all actual it's all actually true i'm tuned into this sort of thing and it took me a beat to kind of catch on <laughs> i was like this all sounds about right yeah yeah so all right uh i have the whole vicky newland clip from but it's five minutes long no okay no but the the important part is just the just casually talking about like which person we should put in and if we put this person in how do we present it to this other person so that they don't you know have a problem with it and it's just kind of disgusting but yeah well, also you know not super impressive <laughs> what do you mean we're, n- we're not being ruled by geniuses here <laughs> come on man how can you say that yeah these people are doing their best I, I do have an important clip to play, though. It's the one we referenced earlier. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina, and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece- at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau, and I know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young global leaders of the world. Correct. Form. Oh, just half of the cabinets for the young global leaders, and that's from. Uh, <coughs> 2017, so probably more than half now. Yeah, half of the cabinet there in uh, in uh, um, Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah. So I was That's trying to find this other clip that somebody uh, listener sent me, and I can't quite find it. But it, the point is still the same. Uh, Putin, a young global leader. Yes. Yeah. Suspicious. The, there's that, and there's also he was pushing a vaccine too. You know, it's and he's never said like, "Hey, you know that moon landing the Americans said they did fake." Yeah. You know, he he knows. Yeah. Like they all they all know. I mean, this is why I I tend to subscribe to the it's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah. view of the world as opposed to the oh yeah there's like good countries and bad countries and we, we figured out America is bad so that means Russia and China are good no no not so much then do you heard this clip uh, this is from our uh, audio editor witness the light music who sent me this clip today which I thought was uh, eye opening <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I listen to my colleagues' each 
I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WWEF World Economic Forum has, quoted, infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. And I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order. I, I know he was. I know the, uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay, uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honourable the, the okay. The honourable member for Timmins James Bay. Mr. Speaker, that member was promoting open disinformation. That's not debate. We have to call. Open I'm, disinformation. I'm glad he had the the follow up on there, because if it's was such bad audio that you couldn't understand it, how's the person that's in the room <laughs> with the speaker saying that's members promoting open also disinformation? He said it was a good question. If he couldn't hear it, how would it yeah, be a good question? A, very very interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, that's a. Canada. So, <laughs> did you did you give up on Canada, man? No, um, we've we already referenced No Agenda once, but Adam Curry referred to a Substack article about the virtuals and the uh, the. Oh yeah, yeah. Physicals for sure. Yeah. So that is uh, from. NS Lions and it's the upheaval the upheaval.substack.com and it's reality honks back about those truckers. So that's the substack that he was referring to. Uh, it is worth reading. I actually already had it in the, I already had it in the show notes and then it gets brought up on no agenda, but it happens um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, let's see. He says, I also quoted a passage from the late Christopher Lash's book, The Revolt of the Elites, that is worth repeating here. The thinking classes are fatally removed from the physical side of life. Their only relation to productive labor is that of consumers. They have no experience of making anything substantial or enduring. They live in a world of abstractions and images, a simulated world that consists of computerized models of reality, hyper-reality as it's been called, as distinguished from the palatable, immediate physical reality inhabited by ordinary men and women. Their belief in social construction of reality, the central dogma of postmodernist thought, reflects the experience of living in an artificial environment from which everything that resists human control, unavoidably everything familiar and reassuring as well, has been rigorously excluded. Control has become their obsession. In their drive to insulate themselves against risk and contingency, against the unpredictable hazards that afflict human life, the thinking classes have seceded, not just from the common world around them, but from reality itself. All right. So, reading my former city's mail, I mean, that is... Oh, Andrew, I can't tell you, man. I cannot. <clears throat> Listeners, everybody, listen. I mean, I was selling Range Rovers to software techies. That was, mm-hmm. that was my job. And 
I, I, I was even close personal friends with some of these software techies, and insulating themselves from the hazards of the real world is about the most spot-on... I mean, my wife and I have had numerous conversations about these people, and many of them were our friends. And what COVID did was push the people who were leaning this way way far that way. Right. I identified early and and gave them an excuse. You know, it it was no longer like a a taboo thing to stay in inside all the time and spend all your life on your computer. It was like, Oh, that's virtuous now. And it's elite. It's it's crazy. This is, this will sound weird. I don't mean like elite as in like the so-called global elite, but I mean, it's elitist. Like it's this weird elitist. Like I'm better than everybody. I'm smarter than everybody call the plumber to do the plumbing work and all that hands-on labor i i wield the i make software i'm changing the world i make 200 grand Mm -hmm. a year i live in seattle my house is only 1800 square feet but it's worth two million dollars uh i i order uber eats i have my new cars delivered to my house i will not let my kids out of my house until they have the vaccine it's hyper control over your environment and it's extremely unhealthy it's sad, extremely unhealthy, and I identified early. Uh, my wife and I both. I, I I turned to her at one point, way back in 2020. I said, "There's, because we have we have one close personal friend, in particular, who went so far this way, that uh, had a lot of conversations with him, and he was pretty antagonistic toward the idea of God, and because of him in that situation, that conversation." I kind of pinpointed that this is a kind of a godless elitist worldly thing. Like, Hey, we're America. We're awesome. Or actually we suck, whatever it is right now. I don't know the flavor, (laughs) (laughs) but we're, but we make, we make, we make software. We're magic. You know, we, we get paid lots of money. We're, we're, the world runs on this. The people wish they could live in Seattle and wish, and and I'm going to order all my, I don't know, but it's godlessness, man. It's godlessness. It's humanism with godlessness. And, if you're, I mean, the, the hardest part of the whole thing was him not letting his kids out of the house unless until they've been vaccinated, which sounds to you and I absolutely crazy uh, for good reason. But to him, it was love mm-hmm. yep. because there's no God to save them, the kids, right? There's no trust in the immune system that God gave them. You know, they're all just animals and science is the only way to advance. And hey, the scientists all say... They don't, by the way, uh, to get the vaccine. And so we got to do that. But, you know, I'm a big guy and, well, I and all this money and I order my Uber Eats and, you know, my, oh, his kids have the, suffered. The vaccine is software, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is this is the idea. This is why it appeals to that set of people is because it's like, well, your body you know, we just send this mRNA in and it tells, it's a, it's a code and it tells your body, you know, make some spike protein so your body knows what to do when it sees the real thing. And it's magic. And there's, uh, let's not talk about the 15 years of mRNA failures, you know, well, it's just, it, it works. It's great. It should work. It works in the computer model. And we, we heard some of that stuff too. Like, well, in, um, you know, in, what's the what's the term it's in oh basically it means like the in silico meaning you know silicon chip and meaning in the computer model this vaccine works really well 
And, <laughs> and that's all that vaccine, or excuse me, that's all that uh, global warming, which, by the way, this person fully on in on global warming, is based yeah. on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole thing is uh, based on a computer model. But yeah, that's. So th- this article, it's worth reading. It'll be in the the show notes. And I guess in some ways, I guess me even more so than, than you, we're kind of in the, we're functioning in the virtuals. You know, I work remotely and we do yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I'm certainly rooting for the, the, the people that, still know how to do stuff yeah. and i kind of i regret the fact that i in many cases don't so the uh yeah i'm hoping we'll see my job is probably going to be virtual once i get everything kind of lined up but i could also do stuff physical if i need to but it it, it it's weird that article is weird because the the blue collars you know and i was in sales which is more or less you know can be white or blue collar i think it's considered white collar but at the same time i was in car sales where you had to be around other people and right. so we had very little time off we immediately were around other people again come may and i think that's where you have almost all your blue collar people electron excuse me electricians uh plumbing roofers all those people got to go out and do the work they're going to be around other people and they don't have some hot lofty college degree which in for some reason makes them trust the television even less which i love and then they're out every day working and kind of going about their life going to home depot getting to supplies talking to the hardware store guy coming back to the house or the job site fighting with different people at the job site hey the plumbing guy should have done this blah, blah, blah. but they're around other people and their lives didn't change the only thing that happened mm-hmm. is the cost of goods went way up but there's no pandemic not everybody's dying all the people they see at work don't wear masks and they don't and so it's like it's a self-evident thing where the blue-collar people had to go out and continue to work, and they're like, "Hey, nothing's happening. Screw your vaccine. I don't care. I'm not trying to be to do every, everything the TV tells me. You guys are weird anyway." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, rooting for the for the blue-collar, and I think uh, kind of a step back. I think there's a lot of people in our generation, at least at this time, who are taking a step back. Kind of like that kind of satire clip you played about. You know the Republicans and the conservatives going all organic and all this stuff. I think there's a yeah. lot of people taking that step back now. They're like, I gotta buy some land. <laughs> I, yep. gotta, I gotta learn how to do stuff. Buy some land. Where do I get the organic seeds? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What you know? How do how do I grow stuff? This yep. these are these are good questions. Yeah. <laughs> that I certainly don't have all the answers to, but I, you know, I, I'm hoping to make friends with enough people that do know the answers to them that I survive. That's the, that's the goal. I'm, I'm pretty well suited over here. If we end up buying this house, uh, there are cows all around us, buddy. So yeah, I, think, I think eventually I, there's going to be somebody guarding them. If the, if the stuff goes really yeah, crazy, but not much of a hunter, but I could probably sneak up on a cow. <laughs> if, if, if I got hungry enough, I, I feel like that's in the, in the realm of possibility I there. I learn how to f- catch some fish in this river. Uh, there's tons of birds around here. I mean, I think that's one of our draws of the country is like, well, if everything really hits the fan, we could just stay here. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's enough out here. We could figure it out. Whereas we're more used to kind of a suburban life, which is, which is 
no offense to you or anybody else that lives in the suburbs, I've lived there my whole life, but that is an element of the virtuals that makes it possible Mm -hmm. for them to stay in their house and have people deliver stuff to them. Amazon, like you talked about last week, you know, deliver me all my stuff. I'll just buy it on my phone and other people just aren't smart. That's another thing. It's an elitism. It's like a arrogance. I'm, I'm just smarter than everybody else. I just know things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on the kind of along those lines, uh, we've talked a little more about, you know, crypto from the standpoint of alternative currencies. Sure. We should take a break. Um, soon means of exchange well yeah do we that would actually be a good transition let's take a break into, real quick. into the topic yeah let's do it real quick thanks I to have, one of our contributors there. yeah brendan who we, we uh talked about in the last podcast he was trying to get us into the old monero which i appreciated and uh okay so get this i can't open the spreadsheet <laughs> All right. Well, I can read them. Uh, Is it open on your end? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That must be part of the reason why. So, uh, this is... Let me see. I'll read the... Well, no, I mean, it wasn't open. I just opened it. Oh, and it worked? Yep. Perfect. Good for you. That's that's awesome. So, I will do the thing. You will read the names, and we'll move on from there. Revelations Radio News has decided to be a solely listener-supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism. Speaking of volunteerism, we had an amazing intro last week. Let's all thank Witness the Light Music from uh, from Canada uh, for making that amazing intro. I, yeah. I mean, it's the longest intro in podcast history, but you can't shorten that down. There's no, there's no fat in that. There's no <laughs> trimming anything down. So I thought that was, thought that was awesome. So uh, another example of volunteerism, and then. Uh, our good friend Will of the the Truth is Stranger Than Fiction sent the uh, show art, which was attached to the Corbett Report <laughs> version of our podcast, of course, which was uh, James Corbett wearing a Calgary Flames jersey with uh, Claude Lemieux uh, down yes. below him. Both uh, are examples of volunteerism that we appreciate. Anybody else wants to send in show art, we will absolutely... Uh, with, with some discretion, but we will definitely use it or if 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 it if it's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so thank you for those two things. Uh, if you feel you're getting any value from the show, please help us by becoming a supporter. We count on you guys to make this work. You can send money, you can send crypto, you can send prayers, you can send information, you can send. Uh, uh, so we just talked about audio clips or uh, art. So a bunch of ways to donate. Send constructive criticism. Constructive criticism, which we did get some of this week. <laughs> we, so we we don't have to. We don't even have to solicit the constructive criticism. People, they're all over that. So <laughs> they absolutely are. Uh, another couple ways. So, of course, you can send money through PayPal, which is what most people do. But you can also send it through Buy Me a Coffee, uh, which is, uh, we've only had one person take us up on that. And the P.O. Box has been dying a bit lately. My son a little disappointed to open the door and nothing's in there. But nothing in the P.O. Box lately. So, uh except for our regular donors who have those subscriptions, but not, not even much in the way of those recently. It must be kind of the in-between-the-bank processing months. So anyway, we have uh, two shows to go over uh, the donations for. And, of course, our last one was episode 264 with James Corbett. And, uh, yeah. 
we can start uh, start there. All right. So from so starting episode two sixty four last week with with James uh, John uh, John H. I don't have a location, but uh, sent us five dollars. Thank you, John. And that was John actually sent us uh, for, through buy me a coffee. So that's John okay. from Parts Unknown. I was trying to figure out the acronym buy yeah. me a coffee. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So, so thanks, John. John. From, thank you, John. And uh, Danny from Medford, our, our most consistent contributor. Thank you, Danny, with $25. Edward uh, from Waxhaw, North Carolina. I probably pronounced the name of the town wrong. But and that's, that's our last P.O. Box donation, actually. He, that's his, uh, I think it's monthly, he sends over. Yeah, th- thank you, Edward. I certainly recognize the name. He's donated many times before yes he has and uh kyle with uh 35 dollars thank you kyle from kent washington our our other gold level contributor whatever very consistent contributor yes and And, lastly and then uh Brendan sent us the Monero, and he sent us 0.555 Monero each. At least that's what mine worked out to. Is that what yours worked out to? Yes, sir. So, and if you don't know what that is in dollars, you know, think about the fact that one day you won't care what it is in dollars. You'll care what it is in Monero or (laughs) Bitcoin. So, so thank you. It was a very, very generous... um, generous donation and for this week really forced us to get the lead out (laughs) that's the best part of that donation is it forced andrew and i to really open up a monero wallet on our own yeah computers and 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 understand and and become start to understand what it is i had to send bitcoin and then send bitcoin somewhere else and then to get, to get uh, I purchased a little more Monero, so oh. that's uh, you know. So you, that's you, so. Do you have a full Monero? So I've got. I am a, a Monero Nair. There's <laughs> is that full. A full. <laughs> I I do have a full Monero. So <laughs> try try not to hold me up at gunpoint though, because it's you know it's not going to do you any good because I cannot remember the password. So. <laughs> The ultimate form of encryption. <laughs> yes, this is. I figure if I forget it for just long enough that it'll gain in value and then hopefully remember it again, it's a good good strategy. So, um, and for this episode, two sixty five, our lowest donation total, I think, since we started taking donations. So, but but not in um, constructive critical emails. It was one of our <laughs> our higher weeks for that. So. Uh, Danny comes in again with $25. Thank you very much, Danny. Of course so. he did. Danny literally, yeah. I, like, I get a notification on my phone, and it's usually within 12 hours of posting a show. And I can almost, like, I can feel, like, through the, through the force that, that, that that's Danny's. <laughs> like, after he listens, boom, he donates. So That's awesome. He's the number one yeah. donor every week. He uh, always gets it in there quick. So 
we appreciate Danny very much. And of course, uh, everybody who contributed, including, of course, can't say it enough, Witness the Light Music with that amazing intro. I'll put it as like the best podcast intro ever. I don't know. It's a little, it's yeah. the only thing you can even say negative about it is it's a little long. But like, I listen to it when I'm not even listening to the podcast. It's yeah, awesome. we should, we should make it like a, make, the, make it as a track. Yeah. So that if people just want to like play the intro a few times and okay. not listen to the podcast, that'd okay. be an option for them. You know, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll absolutely do that. I will. I'll, we'll upload that to our server, and I will make a, a link that in the show joke, notes. Are you, uh, hey, I, I I sent it to my brother, and he legit was like, "Dude, this thing is is amazing." <laughs> He's like, yeah. "I've listened to it three, four times." No, so it is. I'll put it a link very good. in the show notes. So. The the only negative is that you hear that intro and you're like, man, this is going to be a good podcast, <laughs> and then the podcast starts. So this is, you know, Andrew, we need to find Andrew. replacements for the for us to match up with that intro, and then is it possible gold. we have a podcast audience way smarter than we are? Yeah, that's de- it. Definitely is. Seen. Not only possible is looking more and more likely by the day. Yeah, for sure. So, so thank you everybody for contributing for last week's show and this week's show. We got a low donation to twenty five dollars for this one, but we will continue on. We'll power through. We'll make it. And yes. uh, hit the PO there, box if you can. That's the real I, way. That's the only. I way think to- there will be there will be some some lag. Uh, with people listening on, and we we know that some new people have listened. So thank you if you are listening for the first time, uh, or you just heard the episode with James Corbett and you decide oh, I'll give their regular show a shot. Yeah. So thank you for for listening. I think you made a great point on that afterwards. And uh, for anybody who's joining us from the Corbett Report, you have to agree with this. If you've listened to the Corbett Report for long enough, you've heard that poor man answer the same questions fifty thousand million times we didn't do that <laughs> we did. no so how did no, it get started james now we all just off to the races with a bunch of jokes and technical difficulties etc so it was a little <laughs> bit of a, it was a little bit of a different show than james usually has so but always love having james on the podcast all right yeah for sure that was that was fun i hope people had fun listening because i certainly always enjoy talking to them so. for sure absolutely all right. Well, so I've I've got a, a transition. I've got kind of a crypto segment. Is it all right, right if I? Of course, please transition in there. Yep. So this comes from a guy named David Heinemeyer Hansen, and it says, "I was wrong. We need crypto." <clears throat> to say I've been skeptical about Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto universe would be an understatement of epic proportions. Since the 2010s, with some of my most ferocious Twitter battles have been against the HODL army with the laser eyes. There's just so much to oppose. Bitcoin's grotesque energy consumption, the ridiculous transaction fees and low throughput, the incessant pump and dump schemes in bleep coins, the wild price swings in the main coins, the obvious fraud that is Tether, the lack of real decentralization in most of the current Web3 infrastructure, and on and on and on. Beyond all these very real problems and challenges, my bigger beef was actually fueled by lack of imagination. 
I could see the fundamental promise of a digital currency free of banks if you were living in a failing state like Venezuela or an overtly authoritarian one like China or Iran. But how is this relevant to the vast number of Bitcoin boosters living in stable Western democracies governed by the rule of law? Beyond the patina of philosophical respectability, it could apply to to yet another get-rich-quick scheme. Now that's... um, now that's that saying again. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you. It started to smell like that. Just because Bitcoin's most virtuous argument was presented in, if not bad faith, then in figly faith by get-rich-quick boosters doesn't mean it isn't true. Enter the trucker protests in Canada. In just three weeks of honking, block streets and bridges, bouncy castles and flag-waving, this peaceful protest movement managed to provoke the most shockingly authoritarian response from the, uh, th- from the Canadian government. First, the Ottawa Police Department got GoFundMe to confiscate donations with the intention of redirecting them to other causes. Then, after an outcry, they backed down to merely blocking the money for 7 to 10 days before re- refunding. <clears throat> that that was... seemed like a... What's that? I was just going to say that was a lot of uh, 4chan and Reddit and other people kind of deciding that, hey, let's try chargebacks. After that, they decided, oh, let's let's maybe give the people their own money back. Yeah, because they were, they were going to pay through the nose uh, to the credit card companies because of the chargeback. So. Yeah. That seemed like a draconian escalation completely at odds with the tens of millions of dollars raised for social justice causes during the protest summer of 2020. Including, by the way, this is not in the article, but including for people's uh, bail, you know, the people that actually got arrested, which wasn't many, uh, but, you know, breaking windows, starting fires, oh, let's bail them out. Um, But at the time, I thought it was something, another fundraising platform, one less likely to collaborate with the Canadian authorities, could route around and give, send, go, indeed started doing just that. Turns out the concern over the donations was quickly rendered insignificant as just a few days later the Canadian Prime Minister imposed martial law on the protesters. Through powers intended for catastrophic events, he took to freeze the bank accounts of both Canadian protesters and donors to uh, compulsorily demand that tow truck operators clear the streets and forced insurance companies to drop policies for the protesters. That, quote, worked. Together with police storming the protest with pepper spray and stun grenades, the area in front of Parliament was cleared. But even that wasn't enough. Even with the protests cleared out, the police vowed to press their new financial powers against anyone involved for months to come. We could play that clip too, but um, anyway, the police commissioner saying, oh yes, we're going to keep right on investigating and arresting people for months and months. So Canadians who donated to the truckers should now sleep with one eye open for the next several months, lest they have their bank accounts frozen and indictments filed on the basis of laws enacted to prevent financing of terrorism. Or maybe their bank will simply preemptively cancel their accounts if they appeared on the hacked list of donators from Give, Send, Go? This is crazy, absolutely bonkers, terrifying. I still can't believe that this is the protest that would prove every Bitcoin crank a profit. And for me to have have to slice a piece of humble, humble pie and admit that I was wrong on crypto's fundamental necessity in Western democracies. And that it was the Canadians who brought this on. You might as well have told me that it was really the Care Bears who ran Abu Ghraib. Or Abu Ghraib. 
especially since I had some sympathy with fears projected by the U.S. progressive left who spent four years fretting Trump might pull stunts like this. Then it turns out that the worries of an authoritarian overreach might be, would be fulfilled by Trudeau to the north instead? Who's writing this script? M. Night Shyamalan? <laughs> Meanwhile, plenty of... <laughs> it's like, yeah, depending on your age, you'll either get that reference or not. Oh, he has, um, new, he has a new series, Andrew. So. Oh, he does? Okay, yeah, never yeah. mind. Yeah, so. Meanwhile, plenty of American commentators are cheering this on. Those terrible, horrible, no good, very bad truckers got what they deserved to protest for a repeal of pandemic restrictions so as to live the life enjoyed in Denmark by a population less vaccinated than the Canadians? That's clearly beyond the pale. But in a weird way, I'm glad we all got this warning from Trudeau in Canada and not Trump in America. It would have been far too easy for Europeans in particular to dismiss authoritarian assertions of martial law from Trump as being irrelevant to the European experience. Just like I had for so long deemed the practical desire of people in Venezuela or Iran or China for crypto irrelevant to the entire Western experience. Is France really that different from Canada? Is Austria? Is Denmark? This is a real wake-up call. It reminds me of the, Stone, the Snowden revelations. Prior to bringing, him bringing in proof, the idea that America was processing all the emails in the world, recording any phone call anywhere at will, and monitoring all internet traffic just seems so hyperbolic. I remember discussing this with a friend in the 2000s when the rumors of Echelon had gained some traction. I just, it just didn't seem believable until it was undeniable. I'm sitting with that same feeling here. Even just three months ago, just a, few, or just a few months ago, I would not have found it credible if you said a three-week peaceful protest in Canada would have led to martial law, frozen bank accounts, and terrorist financing laws being used to hunt protest donors. Unbelievable then, undeniable now. I don't think we have any idea what kind of radicalizing seeds have been planted by Trudeau with these actions. This is one of the world events that you can imagine a documentary with the future opening with. It all started when... But wherever this leads us next, it's clear to me that I was too hasty to, to completely dismiss crypto on the basis of all the things being wrong with it at the moment. Instead of appreciating the fundamental freedom tra to transact that it's currently our best shot at protecting. You don't need laser eyes or an NFT avatar to appreciate that. So, I thought hmm. that was an interesting take from someone who was a, you know, not the usual cheerleader sure. for it. And... Uh, we don't. I'm not a huge Jordan Peterson fan, but you want to play that Jordan Peterson clip I threw in there? What do you got against Jordan Peterson, man? Uh, long story. <laughs> we got time. The, the, the Carl Jung junk. He's just. I don't know. He's he's very over. He's a very overrated intellectual. And again, anyone who for the vaccine i'm not i'm not taking any any advice from you but he fell for the vaccine yeah oh yeah hmm. i remember his whole like i took i was saying to the government i'll take the vaccine but then leave me alone oh that's alone. right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right yep yep i don't know yeah i have kind of mixed feelings but it's neither here nor there so this morning you know, I don't know what to make of all of this because it's happening so quickly. I can't believe the state to which the country has degenerated. 
I've been in contact with a reliable source within the Canadian military, and he told me today by email that if I had any sense, I'd take my money out of the Canadian banks because the situation is far worse than I've been informed. And so that's just one of many such messages I receive on a daily basis. So let's talk about the banks. So here's what our Prime Minister did last week. He permanently destroyed 20% of the population's faith in the entire Canadian banking system and stained the Canadian banking system's international reputation, I would say, for decades. Yeah. So I have thoughts. I have thoughts. (laughs) Uh, So once he said this or someone else said this, even before you sent me the clip you sent me last night, or the, the... tweet or toot from no agenda social mm-hmm. that you sent me last night i went down a rabbit hole myself onto 4chan and they were, remember i texted you about this actually they were trying to get a bank run going they were trying to tell everybody right. get their money out of uh, canadian banks because this is what can happen what was interesting was to read posts from people there and on twitter or reddit or whatnot do you, who, here, who do you want up. me to read that no agenda post sure the no agenda social post i've got it here uh, i was from bramanga he says that i work in finance get your money out of banks and credit unions have at least two months worth of cash available buy bitcoin and hold it on a hardware wallet get some physical gold whether that is jewelry or bullion invest in hard asset commodities like oil copper nickel etc this is not financial advice but i hope it is common sense at this point Trudeau just panicked the banking system in Canada, and we are already seeing knock-on effects in the U.S. So it was just a post on No Agenda Social, which, because it's limited to 10,000 people, um, I tend to... Trust is the wrong word, but it's it's actual real people, not computer programs for the most part, and the computer... The bots are pretty obvious. Sure, yep. Um... Uh, I read it, I think it was, I don't remember where I read it, probably 4chan, somewhere like this, uh, where they were talking about that they had showed up the next morning to withdraw all their money out of the bank, and there was three or four people standing in line with them that were taking the money, all their money out. And he said that the, the person who posted just said lots of looks of uh, understanding from, from the uh, first people <laughs> in line to get all their money out of the bank in Canada. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's absolutely wild. So, it's even worse to hear the Deputy Prime Minister say that it's a non-violent way to solve the problem. Which <laughs> is kind of insane if you take all my money out of my bank account. I'd say it's pretty violent, but... Violence yeah. as in, I can't fight back? I mean, it's kind of scary. Well, the the gal who was the organizer of the trucker convoy uh was refused bail they said oh no we can't uh it's too much of a chance that you might uh you know try to stir something else up so they just denied her bail where's our good friend arthur prolowski is he still in as far as i know i heard an interview with his Son. His son was on Alex Jones on Friday, I think. And he was, as of then, uh, Arthur Pulowski was nine days into a um, a fast since being imprisoned. Denied still in ba- prison. So. Denied bail. Yeah. 
48, currently awaiting trial after being charged with mischief and interpreting, interrupting the operation of essential infrastructure. Both charges related to the trucker convoy protest. This is from today. According to his lawyer, the pastor remains in solitary confinement 23 hours a day. Yeah, just, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's real. Like, there's still kind of this, you can hear it in what Jordan Peterson said. Like, he still doesn't really believe it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, he's, he's complaining about it, but he still doesn't really believe it. Like, he, Jordan Peterson doesn't think they could actually lock him up, right? But they, they might. If he, if he keeps, uh, you know, quote treating, quote tweeting Trudeau with uh, expletives, they might lock him up pretty fast. So we went from two weeks to flatten the curve to we'll take all your money in four hundred one k. We'll take all your money uh, and lock you up and not give you bail. I mean, there's still January sixth people locked up mm-hmm. on what potentially being charged with. Uh, trespassing it's crazy and it all you know all these supposed um, powers which are all illegitimate but they all trace back to 9-11 and fighting terrorism you know oh well you know we might have to keep those terrorists even if we can't find enough evidence to put them on trial we should be able to hold on to them as long as we want this is, you know, the the idea that if you are arrested, you get to face your accuser and have a, dry, a trial. <laughs> There's reasons for that. It's not supposed to be a, a a trial two years from now or two years from being arrested. It's supposed to be, you know, like the next week, the next day. But. Yes, speedy trial as well. Yeah. Face your accuser, speedy trial. Oh, but because of COVID, of course, it's, you know, we got to keep you in horrible prison conditions. we got to let the some criminals out, you know, if we think so they might the, go cause I, some trouble, but because re- of COVID. But, yeah. I hate to reference it again, but at the beginning of that baloney article I was reading at the beginning of the show, he talked about how without the pandemic, we said there was none, and without the pandemic, it's hard to get everybody to slow down, let the economy slow down, and get people to stop traveling. But by doing it this way, they can, and that's that part is one hundred percent accurate. That's exactly exactly well, what this was all about. Oh, and sorry, go ahead. Well, I think it was about you know doing something drastic to force the changes that it was kind of trending those directions anyway. You know, the work from home thing, the um, you know, ordering everything online. Uh, Amazon totally taking over the you know the retail was already dying but the, it was really a, oh, a I huge got a, blow to it I had so. a funny story we need a funny story as dark as this conversation has been over the last five ten minutes I had a uh, uh, Amazon delivery driver uh, show up I can't remember what day it was he was dropping something off some stuff we still get through there that I won't even get into uh, but he shows up and I go out front to grab something and my wife is already out there and she was talking to him and he hops in the car and she's like, have a, or hops in his big van have a great day. And, uh, he laughs and says, thank you. And, and drives off. 
so I said, hey, you know, what's going on? She said, he was supposed to be off of work today, but he was sitting at home and got a call that somebody just quit and left their truck full of all the packages on the side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think the Amazon working conditions are great either because somewhere here in the South Oklahoma City area, some guy was just like, I've had it, pulled his Amazon truck over full of packages on the side of the road, keys in the ignition, and just left. (laughs) I, I don't have the story, but wasn't there a story where they found like, thousands of packages in someone's house like they i forget if it was postal employee or amazon i and they they basically just instead of delivering them would just load them in their garage <laughs> see what this is it just went on for at least a while you because know? amazon's so big you can literally just mark didn't receive item and they'll just send you another one <laughs> yeah you would think they would track like if one one delivery driver consistently didn't deliver, you'd think they would. Yeah, that's true. Trust that, true. but that's true. Yeah, so this there's a, I mean there's a whole they're so big at this point it's 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 scary. Yeah, there's a whole industry of people. You know, half of the returns don't most returns don't go back to Amazon. You know that, right? Yeah, you probably don't because you haven't interacted enough no. with Amazon lately. So here's the thing: most of your returns actually don't go back to Amazon. What ends up happening is. Uh, and it just, they started this two, three years ago. Part the pilot program was in Seattle. It was basically, there was this one coal store. So you could either go to UPS, print, print the thing, repackage it, put the, put the label on it, and take it back to UPS, and then get it returned. And then you could get your money back. That was the only way you could do it. All of a sudden, the pilot program was, take this QR code and your item unboxed to Kohl's, and they'll have a little desk for Amazon returns. I don't know why Kohl's signed into this, probably to get people to actually come into Kohl's, but here that's mm. what they did. Eventually, it became so obvious that all the Kohl's traffic was people just returning stuff to Amazon over and over and over and over. <laughs> it's all there. And they, they had to continue to move it around the store to places that had enough room for all this stuff. Then I had a guy come in uh, to the dealership. and he So says, they would... They would- put it out as merchandise for sale no they don't put it as merchandise they box it up so i i asked them hey what are you guys doing with this well what we do is we box it all up on and put it onto pallets and then saran wrap it and set it in the back and then somebody from amazon comes pick it up i said okay cool fast forward like a year or two customer uh of mine who i'd sold a couple cars to walks in hey how's it going you still run that restaurant no i got a whole new business what's the deal I got this great business. It's doing great. It's called Falling Prices. Blah blah blah. What what do you how, what do you do? He goes well. Every every week, I go to the Amazon auction and buy a couple of pallets. <laughs> they are so big. They are auctioning off all of their returns for pennies on the dollar because they don't want to pay people to have to restock all the items. So there's entire businesses popping up of just Amazon returns. I bet there's one. I think there is one in South Oklahoma City. There's, there's a lot of them mm-hmm. around, but what they do is they buy pallets of Amazon returns and then you walk in and uh, the the gimmick for this store was basically Monday the price is this, Tuesday the price is this, Wednesday, and like it falls 10% or 20% every day so that by the time Friday gets around and it's the end of the week, you know, the prices are really, really low. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And you know what that taught me? Obviously, Amazon is bad and to try to avoid them at all costs, especially with my own money, like you talked about last week, funding the enemy. But it also mm-hmm. taught me 
that there's something wrong with America. We just buy too much crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that we just, don't that we figure we, out we don't want after we, we just get it. buy too much crap. Yeah. I mean, this. So I go to this guy's store. He's like, "Gotta come check it out." It's like, and, I, and it's just like it was cool, right? Like there was like a water pick, which my dentist kept telling me to get, and instead of eighty dollars, it was twenty dollars or whatever. I almost bought it, but I didn't. But I was just walking him through, and I was just like, "This is really just sad. This is just a bunch mm-hmm. of Chinese crap." And we just love to buy stuff in this country. We just love buying stuff. It doesn't matter if it's from Amazon or Walmart or yeah. whatever. It's just we like buying stuff. That was a that was one of George Carlin's better rants. Was the stuff you know we got stuff you know there's a whole industry <laughs> built. There's a whole industry built on taking care of your stuff. You don't have enough stuff. You don't have enough places to fit your stuff at your house. Let's. I don't want to ruin it, but. I will ruin it. But. Yeah, the the fact that there is a whole industry of yes storage self storage containers is uh, indicative of that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so just uh, re- real quick, king of the rabbit trail this week. I apologize. <laughs> real quick, uh, Thomas Massey tweet. If if you have not looked at it, I'll have you guess. What's the amount per household that the federal government spent in the name of COVID so far? Oh, gosh. Per household, so it's not like per person. So I I need qualifying questions. Um, (laughs) You're not going to know the answer to this, though. So does this include like the child tax credit? I believe so, yeah. Oh, gosh. If... Fifteen grand. Well, although... Now, the, the child tax credit, though, <laughs> was just them paying you the money you would have gotten at tax time early, which I think people are f- just starting to find out. Like, oh, yeah. wait a second, instead of a refund, I have to pay $2,000? That mm-hmm. was... That was that was my re- happy realization. Oh, great! I get to pay money instead of getting a refund. Thank you, government. Oh my gosh! But, uh, but all right. So per per how on the sale of your house, you did not, right? I did not. Nope. Oh, Waited three. two years exactly. So three, two years. Oh, okay. So if it's over two years, no capital gains. Got it. So if it was your primary residence. So, amount per household, what's your best guess? 15000 Uh $58,000 per household. That's how much the money, that's how much money the federal government spent in the name of COVID. Even if you consider the vaccines a success, they allegedly cost less than $50 each. What was... Where was all that money spent? What could your family have done with $58,000? Indeed. So this is why, you know, people are like, oh, you're a libertarian. What are you doing taking the money from the government? It's like, no, you don't understand. They're stealing massive amounts of money and kicking back, like, crumbs to people. Like Oh, we'll give you your tax return early and make it seem like you're getting more money from the government. So this is 
the world's largest plantation. So out of that 58,000, some of it was the direct payments, but what was that total? I forget, like $600 a person, so 2,400 household to four, and then they did, did they do two of those? I don't know. So we're maybe like five grand, right? <laughs> I still don't know. I still don't know how they did that because it was six hundred a person. But I got two I think kids. So. I got two kids. I only got six hundred. I still don't know how all that was calculated. <clears throat> oh, I don't know true. how. I don't know how all the the stupid uh, what was it the stimulus money? How all that was calculated? I told you I got a debit card for like eighty nine dollars once. I mean, it just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, it's all just <laughs> just like giving your money ahead of time. At the end, you're yeah, like, oh. Now it's you could see the you could see why the financial system is going to collapse, right? I mean, like, but what do you do to stop it? And it's like, oh, well, okay, go buy some Bitcoin, and Bitcoin crashes, or go, you know, I don't know. It's it's difficult. Cows, so, bro. I guess you and I need to buy some cows. Everybody's yes. always going to want, and cows are appreciating. We just need to buy a bunch of cows. So I, I, I want a stock market, but for livestock. <laughs> Actually, that probably already exists. <laughs> it probably does. But you know, like it, I think it's all controlled by like three buyers. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I've got. Uh, I posted one other. Th- Thing in there. Let's see. Um, how non-custodial crypto wallets and peer-to-peer exchanges can overcome Trudeau's currency controls. Kind of the same subject. This was from uh, John Bush. I had, I kind of recognized him. Maybe you, if if you see a picture of him, you'd probably recognize him too. But a big crypto and conspiracy guy and. Um, it's very long and I haven't watched the whole thing, but he does explain this guy kind of like step by step, how you would, um, get around the, the type of restrictions that the Canadian government put in place. So, well, that's helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Are they going to start freezing bank accounts? Maybe that's how they'll get after podcasters. (laughs) no, they know that uh, that podcasters don't have bank accounts. So, <laughs> this I saw a clip. Someone at, asked this trucker, "Like, are you scared of the government seizing your bank account?" <laughs> and he, he looks at her and he he starts laughing. He's like, "Well, actually, no. It doesn't have any money in it anyway." <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Point. Point counterpoint. Counterpoint. They can't steal it from you if you don't have it. (laughs) Your move. Yeah, it's like the old. Well, I, you know, if you, if you're poor, you're not worth suing. So that's if you're in the podcast business. If you're Alex Jones, you have to worry about getting sued. If you are Revelations Radio News, you don't have to worry about getting sued. So, (laughs) well, wouldn't we have to misrepresent something to be sued? I'm sure. No, it's a, no, it's a, you just have to be worth suing. Yeah. So, well, uh, this just came out today. I know that it 
you know, it's it's hard. We're we're not supposed to just pay, post mainstream news articles because the mainstream finally admits to something that we already knew, right? I guess that's <laughs> like that's a problem with the alternative media. But I couldn't help myself. This is the Daily Mail. More evidence COVID was tinkered with in a lab? Question mark. Now scientists find virus contains tiny chunk of DNA that matches a sequence patented by Moderna three years before the pandemic began. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, oh, interesting. It's almost like they made the virus for the vaccine, and this shows the patent. and it still didn't work. Yeah, this shows the patent from February fourth, twenty sixteen. What what I found funny about this article is I remember working at a car dealership a year and a half ago and showing that patent to all kinds of people in the dealership and saying, don't you think this is weird? <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I was, they all just looked at me like, Tim, quit stirring stuff up. You're always thinking something's going on. <laughs> yep, that's me. You're just one of those guys. You just won't get the vax like you're supposed to. That's me. Well, this was like before the vax. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> this is way before the vaccine. This is when it, when you were saying, like, you know, we should probably actually be going outside. And <laughs> exactly. Not wearing masks. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you get some vitamin D. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. Vitamin I'm taking C. A, I'm taking enough zinc and quercetin to kill a horse. And I'm taking <laughs> horse dewormer. Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of... Horse to Horse to Warmer. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the weird uh, Queen of England deal? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. So I here's. Did you see the Alex Berenson deal? He's like COVID. He's like ivermectin doesn't work. It's like okay. He's like all right. You guys sound crazy. Quit saying ivermectin works. You sound like Biden saying the vaccine works. It was like Alex. I think you've lost the plot, buddy. I don't know what the study is about, but ivermectin clearly works. <laughs> like, what are you yeah. talking about? Well, the he he said that uh, Robert Malone said he was controlled opposition. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of funny seeing all these like mainstream guys turn alternative media and then falling into all the same like infighting traps where you accuse each other of being a a fed or Andrew. A there was no planes, a... bro. There was no planes. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, this is just watch it closely. You can tell by the pixels. Yeah. So, well, Hey, there might not have been planes. Who knows? But, <laughs> but Jeez. it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean Richard Gage was, a was a fed, right? I mean, that's, a, that's no, the issue. Clearly a Zionist. I'm just kidding. Please don't write me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where oh what was okay so the Queen of England yeah yes yes Queen of England so Jeffrey Epstein's friend okay wait no agenda never mind Adam had a Adam had a a theory Mm -hmm. that the Queen was dead yes and there's this was a online rumor and there were like pictures of and it's gone pretty mainstream by the way lots of people predicted this yeah A a lot of people saying this so. Pictures of, you know, royal family members dressed in black and just kind of weird stuff. But then they they kind of roll out someone who kind of looks like the queen, supposedly the queen, and she does, oh, I can't get up, oh, I'm ill. And then, and now she has COVID, right? 
And so the BBC does a story about the Queen having COVID, and during the story they flash like, oh, there's more medicines to treat COVID now. And it, it doesn't say ivermectin, but it says, but it's ivermectin. It's a packet of ivermectin. But it's not clear that the Queen is, you know, like, is the Queen really going to allow the BBC in to, like, record footage of the medication she's taking? That makes no sense at all. It's no. B-roll footage. Yeah. They just randomly threw it in. But somehow this became, oh, the Queen's on ivermectin, which she may be, she may not be. She may... My take on it. She's dead. And they purposefully threw the ivermectin in the story so that people like us would would see it and be like, oh, see, ivermectin, yeah, queen's taking ivermectin. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, the queen's dead, by the way. And uh, COVID killed her, and it's Boris Johnson's fault for lifting the restrictions. And, you know, all those conspiracy theorists that said ivermectin worked and the queen was taking it, yeah, they're, they're done too. So. Hmm. That's an interesting, interesting theory. So. Yeah. Yeah, I could see, we'll it. see it. It just makes no sense that, like, oh, BBC showing, here's the medication the Queen is taking. Uh, no, zero percent chance that yeah. that's just a straightforward, like, you know, that's what's happening. But. She does have horses, though, right? <laughs> it was. It was not a, a tube of uh, apple flavored horse horse paste. No. <laughs> I mean, apple's not the worst color, color flavor. Sorry. No. Uh, apparently, you can fit uh, a cow calf pair on one and a half to two acres f- for a year. So, there's your. Okay. There's your future stock market. You're going to need at least one or two cows and at least an acre and a half or so. Yeah, this is. Well, you know, there's Oklahoma will not be the first place to run out of beer. <laughs> it will not. This is, and th- that is a, a very good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, extreme suffering, wait, what? Extreme suffering. <laughs> uh, this is from Consequence.net. Fifteen out of twenty-three monkeys with Elon Musk's Neuralink brain chip have reportedly died. Oh, it's not healthy to have a bra- a chip stuck in your brain? Out Shocker. of a total of 23 monkeys implanted with Musk's <laughs> Neuralink brain chips at the University of California, Davis, between 2017 and 2020, at least 15 have reportedly died. Uh, the news came uh, from the Physicians Committee f- uh, for Responsible Medicine, an animal rights group that viewed over 700 pages of documents and veterinary records and necropsy reports through a public records request at the university. Neuralink was founded in 2016 with the goal of helping people recover from traumatic brain and spinal cord injuries, curing depression, other mental health disorders, and connecting humans to the internet for everything from music streaming to near telepathic communication. The company often touted its successes, such as the demonstration on a pig in 2020 and the 2021 video of a Macau playing uh, Pong with its mind. Have you seen that video? I think we might have like talked about it, it yeah. on the yeah. 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 The product has a great deal of interest or has attracted a great deal of interest from celebrities like uh, Amanda Grimes and Lil Uzi 
And people suffering from paralysis often petitioned Musk on social media to be part of human trials. Musk previously said that he hoped to begin human trials in 2021. But that goal has been pushed back to 2022 based on the PCRM's findings the brain chips may be nowhere near ready. Pretty much every single monkey that had the implants put in their head suffered from pretty debilitating health effects, said the PCRM's research advocacy uh, director, Jeremy Beckham. There were frankly maiming and killing animals. Uh, Neuralink chips were implanted by drilling holes in the monkey's skulls. One primate developed a bloody skin infection and had to be euthanized. Another one was discovered missing fingers and toes, possibly from self-mutilation or some other unspecified trauma had to be put down. A third began to uncontrollably vomit shortly after surgery and days later appeared to collapse from exhaustion or fatigue. Autopsy revealed the animal had suffered from a brain hemorrhage. The PCRM filed a complaint with the U.S. Department of Agriculture on Thursday accusing UC Davis and Neuralink of nine violations of the Animal Welfare Act. Many, if not all, of the monkeys experienced trauma uh, experienced extreme suffering as a result of inadequate animal care and the highly invasive experimental head implants during the experiments, which were performed in pursuant, excuse me, in pursuit of developing what Neuralink and Elon Musk have publicly described as brain-machine interface. The group wrote in the complaint. These highly invasive implants and their associated hardware, which are inserted into the brain after drilling holes in the animal's skulls, have produced recurring infections in the animals, significantly compromising their health as well as integrity of their research. A spokesperson for UC Davis responded to the complaint, saying, We strive to provide the best possible care for our animals in, in, in our charge. Animal research is strictly regulated, and UC Davis follows all applicable laws and regulations, including those of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Translation, we just did what we were told. The spokesperson added the university stopped working with Neuralink in 2020, and Neuralink has not issued a response. And it's not like years ago where Elon's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll put him in your brain here soon. He's knowing that this was happening... Has not convinced him to say like, oh, we need to scrap this idea. It's a really bad idea. Oh no, and and I believe that there's people, you know, that are like, put a chip in my head. I'm ready. Oh yeah, I'm sure that sure there are those people, but yeah. this uh, <laughs> will surprise our listeners, but uh, that will not be me. You're saying what? <laughs> I will. I will uh, not actually be applying to be in Elon Musk's brain chip trials. So. Wow, that's uh... as faulty as my brain is. You know, thank you, thank you, Lyme disease. Uh, I'll I'll keep it natural. As faulty as my brain is, thank you. Uh, traumatic head injury and extensive drug abuse in my developing years. I also will not get a chip in my brain. I don't like the chip in my phone. This thing is already attached no. to me enough. It's yeah. attached to me enough. I can't imagine literally having it in my brain. Ugh. And you, they're already doing it, right? What do you mean? Like, like you're telling me the Chinese haven't stuck a chip in people's brains? Well, yeah. So this is how my my brain works uh, after reading that article to you um, that was brutal 
I felt bad for the monkeys. However, I was optimistic that this crap ain't working. Because the further and further we go to try and ruin God's creation, the harder and harder it's going to be. So they're going to have mm-hmm. to work on this for a while until they can get it right. And I know yes. they're going to they're going to keep doing it until they can get it right. But we ain't there yet. You still got to carry you still got to carry your chip in your pocket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't put it in your head yet. Yeah, and they still got to inject stuff in you to, you know, they can't. They're still working on the other delivery systems or just spray you from the sky and tell you that's a conspiracy theory that we're spraying stuff on you. Have you ever seen so much spraying as you have in the Great Plains? Oh, no. I mean, there were a lot of chemtrails in the gorge. So this is, if anything, probably a little less here in Oklahoma oh, than in Oregon but interesting i uh, yeah. you, you were protected because yeah. you were close enough to bill gates and jeff bezos but it actually makes me wonder if i should have left because there was uh, maybe a chemtrail halo there <laughs> don't want to spray chemtrails on yourself yeah but here's the thing about here's the thing about seattle and i'll you know shoot you guys straight here oh we got explosions in ukraine this is happening 42 minutes ago um, there's so much cloud cover you wouldn't know. So if the, if the aerosol mm. spraying happens above the ceiling's pretty low in, in Seattle, that's how this all yeah. works. Yeah. Everything everything comes in and it gets stacked up against the Cascade Mountains there, and stays cloudy over Seattle all the time. But if you sprayed above it, you would never they would you'd be, they would never we would never know. It would just rain down on us too. Yeah, which is why uh, if you like. The, what in the world are they spraying documentary? They test the rainwater. Right. Like, well, what's going on? You know, what is... Because rainwater it, is supposed to be... It's pure as the driven snow. I mean, it's supposed to be the deal. Remember our childhood when the, like, acid rain was going to kill us all? I forgot about acid and rain. And the hole in the ozone layer? I forgot about acid rain. I do remember the hole in the ozone layer. Oh, this is happening, man. We there, there's explosions in Ukraine as we do the show here. Well, there we go. Two. What what will the official start date be? I don't know. I think they'll go two twenty two twenty two. They might, um, or I might just be. This might be just Russian disinformation. I might just be me and Luke Rutkowski. Might be just posting bot well, information, but you know, I'd... okay, Russia, Russian strikes in Ukraine supposedly. Uh... So, I thought it was very suspicious that Biden, you know, for all his tough talk, was like. Oh yeah, we'll, we're gonna throw some sanctions on you that we're already sanctioning, but we're—it'll be even worse. Like we'll do more sanctions, and it's like, well, why wouldn't you just say like, don't invade, or we're all options are on the table? Uh, he's in on it because the whole thing reeks, man. They, it's like they he was kind of inviting them in you know this is kind of Saddam Hussein Hussein part two where it's like Rumsfeld tells him oh we don't we don't like to get involved in the affairs of Arab nations 
basically go go ahead and invade we won't do anything so it's yeah very <laughs> i don't know what's going on but it's just because this shouldn't start a war doesn't mean it won't start a war and then they'll just blame everything the last two years on this war yeah i mean did you see the cbs uh story where they blamed the inflation on events in ukraine yes well there's yeah which, I saw, I saw it, it went viral because people were were ratioing it there but it's like a, what did he time travel did vladimir putin time travel and kick off all the inflation back in time after invading the ukraine it makes no sense but yeah no i i've i saw a meme that was basically just wait they're gonna blame inflation and food shortages on uh on uh, the war in Ukraine, and sure enough, yeah, there C- CBS did it already. Um, I was going to so read. I, I mean, it, oh, yeah, it kind of. I was going to say it's a fire, not really an explosion, but then yeah, there was an explosion. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. This is the Luke Rutkowski just tweeted a video, and if you know how to go to the source of that video, this person is finding. All kinds of videos. A lot of them written in. I already miss. It. I always mess this up. Is it Cyrillic or is it Cyrillic? So, oh, Cyrillic. Cyrillic. Yeah. Cyrillic is probably not not correct. Um. Yeah, there's a lot happening right now. But uh, I also wanted to read something about that one of our listeners sent to us about the supply shortages, which I thought was very interesting. And this is. Uh, friend of the show David from Massachusetts he always comes at us as though he's starting his own podcast the way I do or starting his email the way I do from a snowy suburb of Boston Massachusetts in New England where if you don't like the weather just wait a minute I'm Dave Roscoe Andrew you want to tell Dave about the uh, Monday to Tuesday change here in Oklahoma (laughs) yeah we we went uh, 70 it was in the 70s on Monday and one degree wind chill on Tuesday <laughs> the following video is that I bookmarked in 2020, but since the supply shortages are in the news again, the video contains relevant information I didn't hear reported elsewhere. I thought I would send it to you. Buried in the middle of this news fluff, at this 51 second point, the reporter states Herbert says FEMA and medical companies are suddenly ordering huge supplies and they get priority. Hoarding, not the only reason for the toilet paper shortage. I can't think of a reason why FEMA. FEMA and other medical companies to order large supplies of toilet paper, except to create a shortage and contribute to the panic. Hmm. So FEMA is ordering. FEMA is ordering the, like the Obama administration bought all the ammo. Yep. Remember that scam? I do. And and the Obama administration also, or the Bush administration bought all the FEMA coffins. Remember that one? Hmm. That was a while back. What administration bought the guillotines? <laughs> oh, I think it was Obama. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> we, you don't want times. people being able to buy the guillotines. You want to get all, get the supply FEMA stashed got, away yeah, somewhere. FEMA yeah. corner the market on guillotines. <laughs> 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 that kind of tells you everything you need to know about our country, doesn't it? I mean, that's what we need to invest in. <laughs> 
guillotines. The over-under that it's used on us or the government. Uh, well, if uh, we go to war, you heard it here third or fourth because i'm sure sponsored revelations radio news brought to you by andrew's guillotines (laughs) (laughs) when american made (laughs) when you don't have time for a machete for 326 (laughs) people yeah oh okay well Kind of a dark show, but fun as always. I hope. Yeah, some, I hope there was some laughs in there, but it's just uh, a lot of. At least we didn't like boldly predict nothing's going to happen in Ukraine. It's all stupid, <laughs> and then have it the war start like during the rest of the episode. But yeah, I, I forgot to mention to you. I uh, did get a Twitter uh, response to our sh- when I tweeted out our show. They said uh, you have a real friendship with James. Always fun to listen to. And thanks for pressing record. It's like, yes. 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 Nice. Thank you for pressing record. Anybody, anybody wants to tweet that at me, email me, text me, anything. Thank you so for we, pressing record. We didn't You're get welcome. to it. I just had a very um, kind of surreal, is this real life moment. <laughs> and it was watching a clip of Naomi Wolf, who. Oh, yeah. On. Steve Bannon's podcast, where she is a regular guest, mm-hmm. and she, you know, the information was good. CDC covering up the data, which you know we've talked about for a long time, uh, and see the government lying through statistics and manipulated statistics, shocking. But it, I don't know. It's just like, did you know? Five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, would you have thought, Naomi Wolf, Steve Bannon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that being a like a positive uh, recurring guest interview. That's no, not, not at so all. much. So. I, I love Naomi Wolf mainly just because watching her uh, maturation <laughs> live has been yeah. uh, entertaining. And she's like, can you believe this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah Naomi. I don't, I don't know why you <laughs> yes, voted for these people. I, I believe it. I, <laughs> I thought your stuff was good in 2008. And the, the, the logical conclusions of most of the stuff you were talking about back then is to get, that this all was going to happen. I don't know why you're surprised. <laughs> like, I, did, I yeah, want my the, vote back. Yeah, n- no kidding. What, what are you still doing? It's been 12 years since you made that documentary. <laughs> like, what what have you been doing? Like. Maybe she had kids or something. It just, it just feels like she just tuned out. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. She was, you know, she was very much on the left side of the left-right paradigm, and she thought, well, of course George W. Bush could be a dictator, but right. not, not a Democrat. Ugh. The Democrats aren't what we got to worry that about. Have, that might have been it. That might have been it. The uh, her, yeah. Her uh, like her, she like gave up during the uh, Obama years. Obama administration. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. Well, because no one, there are quite a few people who they wanted to keep going, like Cindy Sheehan. You know, like you know, war protesters. 
And it's like, oh, no, you don't understand. There's a Democrat uh, in the White House now, so we're not against war anymore. Oh, like, yeah. It, we're, we don't have to... We don't have to pretend to be against war because it's a Democrat waging it. So yeah, you can you can be marginalized now. I mean that that was the story of this show. Remember? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah. I went to the Iraq Veterans Against the War uh, meetings. I went to anti-war meetings long ago. Wanted to make sure I was on all them FBI lists, but I went <laughs> to the Iraq Veterans Against the War meetings. And in those meetings, uh, after uh, Obama was elected, they said uh, I, there was like it was brought up like, well, what do we do now? You know, everything's, <laughs> everything's going to get better, and you know, how do we? You know, it's going to we're going to have to find a new direction, and it's going to be hard to stay motivated because you know, Obama's in the White House, and I'm just like, no more war. What is happening? <laughs> and I remember specifically this guy uh, saying this had the 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 textbook uh, uh, mustache before his time by the way because it was a long time ago but like the the twirly mustache and then the uh, uh, MacBook but on it it had a red bumper sticker like thing and it said uh, fight like a red or something it was like a pro-communism bumper sticker thing I was, mm. like, I was like this is great this is this guy is going to bark about how now there's Democrats in there and we don't need to continue to be active and talk about how we were in the war and we don't want there to be a war but (laughs) it's like yeah but the war's still going but we don't need to worry about it so much pretty much something like that so anyway uh andrew hoffman i'm gonna ask you for uh some words of wisdom well it's still okay to be anti-war oh it's okay to be anti-war it's okay to be anti-vax is it okay to be anti-thundersleet? <laughs> no, I'm. It's not okay to be anti. Everyone should appreciate a good thundersleet. <laughs> my fr- my yard is legitimately a sheet of ice. There was a point where I thought I was leaving today, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna see how bad this is." I drove up the road a couple miles, came back, and then I was like, "It's not great," you know. Went outside a couple hours later. You could you could ice skate on the yard right now. Yeah, it's, this, just, it's essentially just a sheet of ice. We have we have different areas where we are tend to be more like rebellious or strong willed or whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. I have no interest in like going out when it's like <laughs> this. I'm like I've got no reason to. I'll just stay home. You every time there's a storm, it's like okay, today is my day. I will go everywhere in this city to do all my errands today and wait everything's closed what's going on what's the problem so this is you know okay okay so part of that is the car that i have i have a four-wheel drive land rover that can go over anything so part of that is is the car but i'll tell you this i'll tell you this today the kids would have had to come and i said yet no <laughs> because the kids would have had to come and i just said you know i do want to get out and do a couple things unfortunately it's all closed uh but yeah there's i'm not i'm not risking kids because if i can do it by so, myself that's a different story oh adult, yeah so okay it, I yeah. Got you. yeah yeah but anyway well and you know the, the kids are home because there's exactly there's no school so exactly. it's like well yeah i'll get out of the house for a while but no no nope, can't can't even do not that so fast yeah so 
All right. Well, uh, the weather talk didn't stop. Now that we're in Oklahoma, it's actually, for some reason, less so, but even crazier weather, I would say. Yes. <laughs> better, better to talk about the weather than communism. Yeah, better to talk about the weather than communism. That's great words of wisdom. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say. We're